0: Let me take a step back so that next time we meet, we're in that alignment, we're speaking from an empowered place, I'm listening from an empowered place, and I'm in my power while this is going on so I can serve at my best, versus my identity coming in and trying to get it right, trying to fix it, trying to make me feel okay, trying to
1: make them feel okay. That's a lot to manage. Welcome to the Have It All podcast, my friend. This is your new home for the world's most practical, no BS approach to everything personal development and spirituality. Hey, you want a breakthrough in your finances, that sexy body, or the relationships of your dreams? Well, you're in the right place. You see, Guy and I have spent the last 16 years and over a million dollars investing in our own growth and development. And on this show, we promise to share with you only that which has made the greatest Impact. This show is just the tip of the iceberg of what we offer here at Satori Prime. So, if you're ready to delve deeper, you can also grab our state of the art app, which was just recently released. You can go to satoriprime.com forward slash app and please make sure you request access to our amazing Facebook group, which is called Personal Development Without the Fluff. It's an amazing tribe of like-minded, heart-centered people that you will feel right at home with. We also share exclusive content there and invite you to some free exclusive trainings. So with that being said, let's jump into today's show. Really excited, we have Andrew here. Andrew, what's up, buddy?
2: Hey, I'm very (laughs) excited to be here with you guys.
1: (laughs) Andrew is someone that well, we met in in, I think uh Landon's group, and then you started following us, and then um, just been like commenting on here and there, and then most recently, uh, you actually bought Prime Your Productivity the bundle with Prime Your Productivity and Prime Your Mind. And he's just been right? It's been like every day or every couple of days. He's like, Oh my God, that's, my mind is blown. My mind is blown. And that's not the reason we're having him on here. The reason we're having him on here, he actually posted a really, really in depth, beautiful story and question. And I started writing out and then I was like, No, I'm not gonna write, I'm gonna make a video. And then I was like, Well, what if we just had a conversation? Uh, because there's a lot of stuff there that he shared that I thought we could really unpack. So what we're going to do is basically spend the next 45-ish minutes together with Andrew. Um, and this is, if you guys ever wanted to know what our one-on-one coaching client calls are like, uh, this will give you a really, really good example of that. Um, I, we've asked Andrew and he's agreed. He's going to be as raw and vulnerable and real and authentic as he can be. We're going to do the same, and um, yeah, you guys get to just uh, tap into this amazing magic that's about to happen here. The one thing I will share with all of you is this, and we do a lot of this in group coaching calls also. When Andrew is sharing his story, while you might not resonate with the fact that he might be talking about his wife or his kids or anything like that, um, I want you to listen from a place of how you can map this out in your life. Okay, because that's how this will serve you. Also, we are all human beings. And I promise you, whatever Andrew's going through in some aspect of your life, you're going through the same exact thing. So if you want to pull gold from this conversation, I would just encourage you to listen from that. Bro, is there anything you want to add before we throw this to Andrew?
0: Nothing. That's fantastic. Thank you.
1: Awesome. All right. So Andrew, just start by letting us know what's going on.
2: Sure. Well, a little bit about myself. I have a wife and a daughter. Daughter's two years old. Just turned 28 myself a couple days ago. I currently own a business called Mindfuel, which is a branding platform for highly performing and highly influential uh, entrepreneurs. So we do merchandise production and design and video production and stuff too. But uh, I've been doing that for about a year now. And prior to that, I worked for a nonprofit, was helping people start small businesses. Before that, I was a public servant, former elected official. Wow. My initial passion was was actually politics. So in, in high school, like, I had to decide between becoming an art teacher or becoming going on this path of becoming a congressperson, which was my my dream previously. Wow. And all of of these sort of experiences led me to this conversation. One of the consistent through lines of my life has been that I I don't know when I was diagnosed with ADHD, but it was really early on. And it's one of those things that affects me and affects, you know, anybody who has it in different ways. And I know that one of the ways that it's really affected me has been through my ability to communicate. And the thing that I shared with Guy and Elon and kind of asked for their feedback on was what to do with this challenge I have of, well, from a very early age, one of the things that is problematic with ADHD and particularly the kind that I've been diagnosed with is Mm -hmm. that you get, hyper passionate and excited about certain things so then from a really early age i was being told by you know teachers and and peers like you're too excited you need to slow down Mm -hmm. you need like you need to like calm down a little bit but then there were other things that like could just could not grab my attention at all
0: okay
2: and then in those cases i was being told you know you seem like you're removed from the conversation. Like you don't care. Um, and I'm a very like loving and sensitive person. So then the idea of like, that I was like making people feel uncomfortable with how excited I was about stuff made me feel like I needed to to dial it back. And then I dialed it back too far. And then I, you know, now I've gotten to a point where I'm just sort of like at this like weird monotoned place where it's hard to strike that right balance. And now I sort of tend to err on the side of like explaining myself way too much to people, or at least that's what they tell me. Yep. And I think the reason why I do that is because I tend to do stuff in written format because then I can compose every word. I can, I can choose every word and punctuation carefully, even though it doesn't always look like I care about punctuation or grammar for that matter. But all of that is because I want to avoid this conflict of possibly sharing myself and communicating in a way that somehow ends up hurting somebody's feelings. Hmm. And then I am told that I'm, I'm too long winded. And so I know that one of the things you guys talk about all the time is like, there's, like, your breakthrough is on the other side of this, like, you know, one or two consistent things that keep popping up in your life. And that's one of the things for me, whether it's in my business with clients, whether it's been my life as a recovering politician, and most importantly, with my my relationships with my family, there's always this question of, like, your tone. Like, why do you have that tone? Why do you, like can't you communicate that more clearly? And man, if, if I could, if I could get to the other side of that, Mm. it, it absolutely, I'm getting kind of like not choked up about it, but like worked up because, because I can just like feel the like physical barrier that that's created.
0: Sure. So, and
2: there's like the there's like the sense of
0: freedom of what's possible on the other side of it when it stops being like the the modality you operate from. Yep, at least is what I'm gathering. Okay, got it. Anything
2: else you want to share? Any like yeah. any specific things that are, like right now? I mean, I I know like I said before that with you know you guys in, in particular have said in some of the the videos I've watched that especially look at like what do you say after you become frustrated by something or, or you let yourself down? Like, what is the, what is the thing that you say consistently? And the thing I consistently say to myself is something along the lines of why can't, why can't I explain myself in a way that they understand? Mm-hmm. Why can't, well, why don't they get me or why don't they get what I'm trying to say? What's wrong with me that I can't convey that. Hmm. And it's as if like, if it's like an argument with my wife, it usually ends with me asking myself, like, why doesn't she understand where I'm coming from? Because it's obviously not a pl- any other place than, than love, but it's coming across obviously the wrong way yeah. or with, with a, a recent client interaction I had was trying to explain some, some concept that, you know, I have a family, they don't. Yeah. And I was trying to explain something in as like <laughs> open and, and like respectful of a way as I possibly could think of again, airing on the side of over-explaining as a way to like remove the risk of leaving out something really important. And then they fired back like that. I had like offended them that I was, I sounded condescending that I was saying I was better than they were because I've got a family and they don't. Mm -hmm. And I felt horrible. Mm -hmm. You know, in all those situations, I feel terrible because at the end of the day, it's like I, I do what I do because I love the people that I do it with. And I can't do I can't do my my business. I can't do really anything if I don't really love and care about what it is that I'm doing. And if trying to communicate that to somebody that I care about leads to them feeling like I, I I don't care about them. Sure. Then it's just this like never ending system of, of maddening crap. You're just constantly second guessing yourself.
1: I mean, the, the line that I hear like the main, main program we'll dive. I took a whole bunch of notes as you were talking is no one gets me or no one understands me. Does that
2: resonate? It does. It's interesting because when I said, when I said that in my first post, I, I, I didn't want it to come across as like, you know, like the, the weird kid in high school. It's like, why didn't anybody get me, you know? Like I'm, you know, I am I like identify as a unicorn, but like nobody gets me. Well, sure.
0: before before you go there, bro, I just want to get a little yeah. bit of the lay of the land of uh, your family, big family, smart family, poor family. Like what was, what was the kind of thing you grew up around?
2: Yeah, so when I was thinking about this, because I was doing some of the other sessions and modules in, in your, your app and everything, it allowed me to, to dive in a little bit deeper to my family roots and everything. So my mom is a, a PhD clinical psychologist. Oh. <laughs> my dad, I'm, I'm eager to, to know why why that elicits chuckles and where <laughs> where that resonates. Uh, <laughs> so and 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 my dad is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Too, he also went to the same university as my mom to get his bachelor's. He's more of a working class kind of guy, so he worked when I was a kid while my mom was pursuing her master's degree and then her. Doctorate. He was working night shifts at Walmart. Then he was working delivery for Frito-Lay. Then he worked for another delivery company. Now he works um, at, at with a fuel company, basically. Um, so there's like a more working class side, and then you have my my mom who's got the. Masters and doctorate, and is more of a white collar kind of thing. Um, and I have a bro- older brother, Steve. And I don't know how much other information I can I can give. I mean, as far as like, no, I think that was perfect. That's, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That, yeah, that's what was guy, guy was uh, yeah, trying just to, to just, just kind of get, get
0: the delay of like what like what was your experience being in the family? Like, what kind of uh, archetypes were you around? Yeah. And then um, going back to just like the you know why can't I explain myself I'm you know I'm not feeling heard no one understands me type of conversations about like what's the earliest age you can recall having those kind of experiences where that's what you're saying to yourself?
2: I mean I remember conversations around that as early as elementary school and okay. you know, obviously the the context changes over time but. You know, I, I even remember having, uh, an elementary school teacher telling my parents that like, they've never experienced a kid like me before, or like they've, they, they, they don't know how to deal with me. In one way, what, what did you make that mean? What way? Um, I, I don't think that they shared it with me like right when it happened, but it was pretty early on that i think that they they shared that with me and it was just a i think more than anything it, it was evidence that i was different it was one of those things where like i always felt like i was smarter than my grades reflected there you go and for the longest time i think that this conversation would have been differently or it would have been different it would have focused probably more on conversations of like i'm not smart enough for things of that nature, but I have shifted my perspective on that recently or, you know, within the last few years. And now it really is more, I've, I've found my way to becoming more clear in that it feels like it has more to do with communicating what's in my head, not as much of like, there's just not much in my head. (laughs) Right.
0: Uh, By by the way, I think your video working on, I think that was on me. I was processing our previous call on my
2: computer. That's probably slowed down everything. Um, Do you have a lot of degrees? I have a double major in political science and public administration. Okay.
0: And when you were a kid, what was like your thing? Were you artistic or was it more about grades in school? Like how
2: did you receive attention from the family and, and your parents more specifically? That's a good question. I think that I when, when I was youngest, I received, probably received attention just because I was like always trying to get help from my family or or teachers, whatever that, that weren't getting that help that I felt like would have been helpful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, as I entered high school, I, it was more creative outlets and so art and things like that. And then midway through high school, when I realized that my GPA wasn't going to be good enough for me to get into a four-year college, I just so happened to discover my love of, of politics and public service at that point. And that was when I turned things around because I knew even if I think algebra is stupid and not going to be ever useful at any point. I need to figure out how to get good grades in algebra so that I can get a four-year degree. And that way, I could go on that that course of becoming sure. a public official because you needed to have a degree to be respected. At least that was my perception.
0: Sure. And And right now in your business, the way that you serve people best is how? Like, what is it that you actually give as a value exchange?
2: Well, yeah. So the birth of, of my current business came out of a understanding of, of what I need to do to actually do things well, which is help good people who help other good people and be passionate about what I'm doing. So there was the mission side of trying Mm -hmm. to help as many people as possible by helping other people who help other people.
0: And be specific, how is it that you're helping those people?
2: Yeah, well, but that's where I was going is, is yeah. I also then married that, that passion side with the skill side. And the skill side is the creative side of, you know, designing merchandise for influencers, setting up their online stores, helping them uh, develop strategy around their brand and, by the same kind of token helping them uh develop video assets. And all of that is kind of a weird roundabout way of me being able to use the skills that I have to help them amplify their voice, grow their impact. And by me helping them, I'm able to help irony irony. <laughs> 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 All right, it's a good thing I don't have, I don't have my my camera on because I need to see my confused face. Yeah, okay. well, you
0: can put your camera back on though. I think it'll work now.
2: Okay. So we can, so, I, I'd prefer to see if you can, yeah.
1: So, it's funny. It's like the, the person on stage, right, has no idea. Like, yeah,
0: well, well, I just want you to know, right, for everybody who's listening, right, so we've never worked with Andrew before, so the questions are, it's kind of like, if you've done Facebook marketing, I know that scares everyone. It's It's trying to do the best to get a psychographic of like, what he's dealing with how he serves in the world how he perceives himself how he's showing up so i kind of want to give you guys a background now look obviously when we work with somebody over a period of time there's patience involved and specificity like naturally arises we're trying to do as much as we can in a very condensed period of time here so we're we'll get as specific as we can Andrew, with you obviously we have to speak a little bit in generalities of how specific yeah. archetypes work um, so we'll, I think we'll speak probably more into that right now. And then, you know, we can, we can get specifics as we go.
1: I'm going to get super specific. All right, cool. Go for it. I'm not talking yeah. archetype. I'm going to talk right to go, you. Andrew.
0: Go Go right to the architects.
1: So here's, here's the thing. The funny, the reason I was like irony is because your business is built around helping people find a voice, mm. magnify their voice. What are we even on this call doing right now? you're trying to find your own voice and magnify the voice. Mm -hmm. And the, the, what's interesting is like, I was, uh, as Guy was asking these questions, I'm sitting back and there's a beingness, right? Like there's, um, there's a way that we just operate in every situation. We just, that's our default mode. And I also know that this is in, in some way, shape or form, not like the most relaxed version of you. Right. Because, you 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 don't know what to expect. So there's the unknown. There's this like, oh my God, I'm putting myself on the line, which by the way, you did brilliantly and vulnerably and just amazingly. Um, so I get all this stuff. And when we're in those moments, there's a, a program that runs, right? And so what's really interesting is like, you started by saying, you know, I over-explain myself, which I don't know that in this context, I could literally say like, I felt like you overexplained yourself. What I tuned into more than all of that, there is an uncertainty behind every word that mm. I feel. It's like th- this constant inner dialogue of doubt. Like, is this the right thing to say? Is this the right thing to say? Should I say it this way? Should I not say it that way? Is this too much? Is it, Right? Like even when we asked about the dad or the parents, like, is this is this enough information? Is this good information? <laughs> so just I can imagine what's happening in your head as you're talking. Is there's this voice that's con- probably too going like too much, too little, too loud, too soft, too this, not funny enough, not that, and it's just this inner critic blasting you constantly, like like a like a radio. Is this accurate? I see you kind of nodding your head. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay. okay. So here's the thing, like mm. I just want you to for a second, and this might not you might not even be able to do this, but like just for a second. Imagine if those voices and is it like one clear voice, two clear is it like it's cause I can kind of see it like going back and forth, like too much, too little, to this, do that. Like
2: it it's it's that, and it's even a little more weird because there's like two of you. So I'm trying to to like figure out, and then there's all of your audience who I don't know who the hell is watching. Sure. So then I'm like constantly processing: yes. is this too much or too little for for guys? Is too much too little for Elon? And what are their you know who who are their their audience members okay. and what are they thinking? So, so good. Yeah. Okay, so, so good. here we go.
1: Notice how much stuff you're needing to process with. And this is, by the way, Andrew, like my assertion is this doesn't turn off. This is with your wife, although with your wife, you know, it might be slightly different. Uh, Probably with your daughter, it's a little bit different. I, I can't imagine that it's there. Definitely with your clients, definitely in public situations, it is just incessant. So here's the thing. How could you possibly communicate with someone when you're not even present enough to listen to what is coming out of their mouth. Let that sink in for a second, right? Like, how could you possibly be present with even what I'm saying or anyone else is saying where you're so much stuff is in your head about what is this, what does this mean? what, that? what How do I communicate? Da, da, da. And you're like trying to consistently do that work. It makes you, and I know like, here's, here's the irony of all of it. All you want to do is serve people at the highest. Mm-hmm clear. Like your heart screams that you wouldn't be willing to do this work. If it wasn't about that, what you're trying to do is align the heart, everything that's here to, to get this, to align with that, because this right now is running rampage. Now, all of this, by the way, got created because when you were a child and you heard this, like, you're too excited slow down. You're not engaged. So you kept getting all these mixed signals. And what is a human being's most basic thing that we seek and want? We want to belong and we want to feel accepted at a very like basic human level. Okay. Now, if you kept getting mixed signals about what acceptance means and what belonging means, You created a whole bunch of programs. So when I'm around these people, I think, and notice, it's not like I know, it's I think this is what would make me accepted and belong. Mm -hmm. But then if I'm with these people, then I think it would be this. And with all of it, like below the surface of all of it is this just baseline of uncertainty and fear. Resonate? Yep. Yeah. So if you're So scared to disrupt or to not be accepted or not belong, that energy – so check this out. Like you were talking about clients, maybe like other people. That energy that you emit has an impact on other people. Mm -hmm. It makes them uneasy to be around you because now they're in their head going, oh my god, if I do this, then Andrew does this, and then he might not like – And they start going through this whole thing. So you end up in a lot of dialogues, my assertion, you end up in a lot of dialogues that are definitely uncomfortable for you. Like that's clear. And could you see how like other people sometimes around you get uncomfortable? Totally. Totally. Okay. Here's the thing. And like Mm -hmm. this would be the biggest present I can give to you. Mm -hmm. What if you lived in a world where you didn't give a fuck about what other people think. This is like I know you probably like you're like oh that kind of maybe I don't even know.
2: No, so so here's here's where it gets really difficult for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. please. I know of one point, one period of time in my life because I was thinking about this before. I was like, have I ever been in a place where I'm not constantly hearing the chatter and worrying about? Mm. And, yeah. you know, realizing how unaligned I am, that I was trying to think the other day, where was there a point where I felt aligned and just me? And I, I know exactly where that place was. Okay. I know exactly how that felt. And in just like a really unfortunate, horrible situation, I've talked with you guys about it a little bit before, that I don't want to say taken it was taken away from me because I don't want to use that kind of language, but it, it, it was. And, and like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to even de- how to describe it the right way. I mean, it was a very fleeting moment and I had it and I know how beautiful it was and how great it was. And that's in part of why,
1: What were you Um, doing? What was happening?
2: What what was the scenario? I had developed this community organization Mm. that helped fund community projects. And that was the thing that I've talked with you guys about where I was accused of having done horrible things with this organization that weren't true. And then I gave it to somebody else after I was like, shamed and humiliated away from it. Yep. And whenever I like close my eyes and think about like the most beautiful feeling of like being aligned and whole and you know as perfect as 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 I can be with with like who I am, I I imagine myself standing in front of mm-hmm. all of these people doing the the work. And being accepted and being able to share my love and having that love reciprocated if even only for like two hours out of, out of a month. Totally.
1: Why, why in that moment when you were with this organization, do you believe that you felt, the word I'm going to use that came to me is certainty. Because mm-hmm. I just feel like what's driving all of this is this constant... Lack of certainty.
0: I, I, I hear, I hear, like something underneath it, which is like I'm not okay. Like I'm not okay the way that I am. Yeah. Like it, if, if somebody, if somebody at an early age defines you with like a word like ADHD or ADD or whatever. First of all, I want you to notice there's a lot of people dealing with ADD, like mm-hmm. hyperactivity or uh, hyper whatever they call it right these days. Like once it was just the kid was just hyperactive. Now it's ADHD, right? So it's that that word has evolved essentially though i've never met a child that's not running everywhere forget like walking they run everywhere by by our nature our energy wants to move i actually believe that going to school is a long process of just teaching humans how to sit in one place for a long period of time if you just think <laughs> about it we just we just sit longer and longer as we as we age and it's weird because what do we tell kids stop moving so much stop moving so much but the natural state of a human being is movement and then we tell them to sit right so Part of it is just getting that a lot of people are, are with that energy. That doesn't make it a disease of any kind. It just makes it something that we can define. We have some stupid name that we call it. Certainly, though, if somebody tells you that, and if the child perceives that I'm not okay, then the rest of their life becomes trying to prove that they are. And there's a, that thing always ringing in the background. Am I being weird? Are they being weird? By the way, I, I, I do this too. Okay, I, I'll tell you that maybe only in the last year, about 95% maybe a little bit more. Do I feel resolved from it? And it didn't come because I understood anything. <laughs> That's the funny part. It was, I went back and started feeling all the things that I don't want to feel about myself, about my rejection, aloneness, loneliness as a child that actually slowly moved that energy through my body. So that when I was around people, I didn't feel this anxiety. Um, so I want to teach you a few things if I may. So you, like, you, you occur to me just by the uh, tonality of your voice, um, even, like, the beard and stuff like that, same thing. You know, a lot of it is, like, is like hiding behind stuff, like, not, not being totally seen. Like, the physicality is a representation of our inner spirituality, essentially. So is it like that for you? You meet people and you're like, am I being weird? Are they being weird?
2: Like, why are we being weird together? What the fuck's going on right now? Is it kind of like that undertone all the time? I don't know if I would say that. I mean, there's... Is something along those lines that has more to do with, like, trust, always watching and waiting for somebody to, like, figure out, to wait for them to, to take their moment, to take advantage of Ooh. My, my expression of love and everything. Wow, that's very
0: interesting. Okay, so, uh, wow, okay, interesting. So when you worked with that organization prior to whatever happened, happened, whatever series of events occurred, were you living with any kind of anxiety, concerned that that uh, relationship
2: would end in some way? Right. I mean, so what I'm saying is I think that may be in part why it felt like it was so bad for me was that it felt so certain and then it was like gone. And then the the motivations that I had were misconstrued and taken as all the worst things mm-hmm. that you could imagine. And that is just kind of like emblematic of that whole communication experience. Yeah. Go, it kept,
1: it keeps going back to, they just don't get me. Yeah. There, there's something about the sub,
0: like the subconscious programming. It looks like to me about a constant need to prove oneself Right, so if if the subconscious is living in a state where it's like okay, well, I have to prove myself, it's going to create situations all the time in which you have to. Whether that comes from you over-explaining yourself or from the way that you show up around people, it's like you need to live inside of a world of challenge in order to actually receive your value. Hmm. Does that kind of land what I'm saying right now?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, um, so like, what what is your like when you think of, I need to prove myself, where does that occur in the body? Like, where do you feel that in your body? If you think about a situation where you're like, fuck,
2: I fucked this up. Like where,
0: where, where is the felt sensation?
2: I, the, not, to, not to sound evasive, but... It's fine. When, when I went through that experience mm-hmm. and, and that kind of began the process of me, you know, adjusting my life and, and, you know, starting this new business, you know, having willingly and, and, you know, unwillingly in some cases lose like every, you know, like community and, and, and friendly relationship that I had when I hit rock bottom and like had to climb out and rebuild, I did it in a way that was completely, or, and I don't want to say completely, but very much unaligned with who I was, and and so now I'm at a point where I don't know. I don't know that I I've felt that feeling that you just described. Okay. Within the last like year or so, it and unless apart from like with my with my wife, I mean, and and my daughter, like I kind of don't. I don't like. I don't feel the same feelings as I used to. And that's, and, and that's something I don't like, you know? It's alarming. Yeah, for sure. Right, It's certainly alarming. I, I had a situation for
0: many years where it had occurred to me, even like understanding all the psychology I had, you know, there's an aspect of, of, you. I'm assuming you studied a lot of psychology. Was one of your degrees in psychology?
2: No, my, my, I, by osmosis through the fact that my mom was sure. a psychologist. And, and just
0: to go back to that, so it's not an open loop, we laugh because when it tends to be when a parent is a psychiatrist or a psychologist, they like super overanalyze their children. And because of that, you're around a family who's like identifying and giving language to like every freaking thing that you do. You pick up a glass; it's like there's a name for that. You know, you 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 snort too much; it's like there's a name for that. And and because of that, it, it tends to create a, a child who's like way over analyzing themselves all the time. Um, something I I really want to just kind of throw out here for you as like motivation into growing into your body. Like you're a very heady person. Most people we talk to are heady. Like Elon and I are super logical people that have had to learn basically from scratch how to feel. Most families, including psychiatrist families, have like zero training around actually feeling things. We're very afraid and even cautious. And I would say even like uh, suspicious of our emotions because a lot of the times we feel out of control or you know whatever it might be, here's the thing, right? pretty much everybody at some level boils down to some feeling of not being worthy. Certainly a child who's told like, Hey, you're not okay. You have this thing that we call ADHD and we got to fix that. Right. Is going to grow up with a lot of feelings of shit. I must not be doing it right. I'm not worthy or I'm not good or whatever, whatever the conversation you had, if you kind of just boil it down to its basic state is like basically a child that thinks I'm bad. When we become adults, we think I'm not worthy. The issue we most of us have is as we learn to suppress and or hide our feelings, the message you're actually sending down to the subconscious is, hey, look, I don't even want to feel my own feelings. I'm not worthy of these feelings. Is essentially what we say to ourselves. And then we want to build a business or we want to have connection, but the programming in the body is I'm not worthy all the time because that's just what the feedback that it gets consistently, right? So the reason I asked about the felt sensation, even if it hasn't been there for the last year or two, Certainly, you can go back to events of when you were a child or maybe like when you're feeling misunderstood with a client or with your, with your wife or something like that. And just look at some, something you really want to start paying attention to is where does it hurt? Where is the sensation occurring when these conversations are being had? Is it in my stomach? Do I feel tightness? Is it like heaviness on my chest? Do I suddenly feel like I'm losing my voice because there's like pressure over here? Do I get headaches? Different one of those things would actually tell us, like, how is it that you respond to these situations? Do you respond with fear? So fear would be in the stomach. Sadness would be in the heart. Anger would be in the mind. And we would start looking at, what is it that you avoid feeling? And we would actually invite you to start processing these feelings in your body again. And it doesn't have to be like, I'm angry, I got to show anger. It's just like going into the system and noticing that there is a sensation there. And mostly what we do, especially when we get really brainy about things, is we're like, oh, I must be angry right now. And then we go, all right, let me change the story. No, no, I'm really empowered right now. I'm not nervous. I'm excited. And what you're actually doing is spiritually bypassing because you're, not allow- you're basically saying, I'm not worthy of this experience here. Let me move it over here, change the way things look out here, and then deal with that change so that I feel different than I felt a moment ago. We're constantly externalizing, trying to change the outside, right? Instead of just being like, hey, let's get real that conversation didn't go well. I made myself wrong. I now feel shame that shame is causing sadness in my system and I'm angry at myself. And what we don't process, we don't process the shame. We don't process the sadness. And this is what perpetually keeps the cycles going over and over
1: again. Okay. Andrew, Andrew I want to give you uh, cause we're, we're running out of time here. Um, I really want to give you like a couple of practices yeah. to, take from here and then just kind of report back to us. Okay. So would I be correct in saying like that the major hurdle for you inside of self-expression is constantly worrying about how your communication is leaving people? Yes. Okay. Have you ever actually checked in with people during your, during the times of communication?
2: Not actively.
1: No. Give
0: Give them an example of what that means.
1: Yeah, I will. It's just interesting because notice what you do is you'll say some stuff, but rather than checking out there, it goes up here and then this makes shit up. It picks up on an eye twitch or the way they move their body or blah, blah, blah. And then it makes up a whole story about how they perceived or didn't perceive your communication, right? an amazing practice. So this is a program. Okay. There's nothing wrong with this program. Okay. What's occurring in your world right now is you're expanding at a really, really fast pace and the system and the program that you have right now running aren't keeping up with that expansion. Okay. So simply in conversation, and you could start this at home with your wife, like it's just practice. Okay. When you start communicating with someone, and you get this thing pop up and go, oh my God, they think this, da, 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 da. stop in the moment and just check in. Hey, so I just communicated this thing. My perception of how you received that was X, Y, and Z. Is that true for you? Yes or no. Now I'm getting real time feedback. Oh, wow. They didn't think that was strange at all. Interesting. I keep going. Right? Because what's going to start to happen is in reality, you're going to start to realize that all the stuff that's in your head, or 99% of the stuff that's in your head, has nothing to do with what's happening out here. And what happened is when you were young and you were growing up, all of these different things started happening. And you took a little piece from here, and a little piece from here, and a little piece, and you built this identity of Andrew. But the identity, isn't a cohesive identity. So you're constantly looking from feedback from all these different people.
0: It's like fragments. It's like fragments of the whole, right? It's like, it hasn't been integrated back into the wholeness. Exactly.
1: And that's why you, you have this sense every time you're in communication, you have this sense of like, is this right? Is this right? Is this right? Is this upsetting you? Is this upsetting you? Is it? And it's just incessant. When you align to who you are, Right? Look, Guy and I, and then you've watched a bunch of our trainings and you've been a bunch of, like, we are rough around the edges. We curse. We're loud. We're like a bunch of different things that for certain people, they're like, whoa, way too much. Can't be around you. Right? Now, while I can honor that someone has that experience, that doesn't change who I am. I don't need to chameleon myself to fit into that box. Okay. You see the difference? Mm -hmm. Okay. So check in easy. Mm -hmm. Any questions on that? Okay, cool. The other thing, and this is going to be a little bit more towards what Guy was saying, you know, like the, the practice here is you're listening only from here. So all information is processing through this filter of yours. Okay, right, wrong, too, too much, too little, that, 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 it all goes through that filter. There's a whole other way of listening that I just want to introduce you to. It's not necessarily like there's, you know, follow these six steps. And this is, it's not that. It's much is, more-
0: and by the way, this is not more right than using your felt five senses to see. It's just a different system that most people aren't even
1: aware they have. Exactly. Yeah. There's a way that we can listen with our totality. Another way to say it is like, you can listen from your heart, right? So in conversations, what I'm offering you to be just hyper aware of is turn this voice up to 11 in these conversations. Don't try to make it disappear. Don't try to make it go away. Literally like blast it. Volume to the max because I want you to start to understand and see how incessant and out of control the voices. Okay. And, the other thing to notice is like how much that takes you out of being present with that person. You are a heart being. And I know that because look at everything that you do. Every work thing that you've done is in service. That's not a mind thing. That's a heart thing. You feel that you feel the difference there.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm feeling the feels. Awesome.
1: So, I'm inviting you to listen from your heart, and it's going to. F- There's no like. I can't be like. This is what it looks like to listen from your heart. I know that you've experienced listening from your heart
2: in the moment. I know that- I've spoken through my heart. I don't know if I've listened through my heart. Mm. Exactly. So I'll give you like an example. When you, how long have you been with your wife? Um, about six years. She's. I probably got that wrong, but that's fine. Bad with numbers. You'll, you'll have
1: to have that conversation. Later. Um, I love it. You've had a moment where you guys have been so in sync. where almost like words didn't need to be said. Mm. You just felt her in a way where you're like, wow, I, it doesn't happen often. I'm not saying this like, you know, every, every, or uh, every time you have a conversation, what I'm inviting you to do is see if when this gets really loud, cause you're going to make it really loud. You can start just dropping into a different place and just focus on their words, not what's what you're making the word mean, not what their body is telling you, nothing. You just be with that person fully and whatever's happening, you just be with that. And then at the end of that, if you want to get like with your wife, probably to start, to really like dive deep, you could just check in like, Hey, as I was listening, this is what I was experiencing. Was this accurate? Because what's happened is you're not trusting your own senses about what and is it isn't happening. And that's why it's causing this like ping pong (laughs) effect. When you begin to trust that feeling inside, it's not going to come from here. Okay. Mm -hmm. This will misguide you every which way. It, it, it's, it's just, that's your system. Okay. This won't. So the same way that we talk about inner reference where it's like, you know, is it a fuck yes or a fuck? No. I want you to listen from that place or I'm inviting you to listen from that place where it's like when someone's speaking this to me, does this resonate? Right. You said like, I feel the feels you feel this resonates. This is truth for you home, whatever you want to call it. Right. Be in that space and just play from there. And see what shows up. Does that make sense?
0: Yep. I want to I just add Bro, a little bit. We got one minute I, 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 I messaged Rich, so I bought us okay. a few minutes. Yeah, just so okay. we're, we're in integrity with that. So just like a few bodily things. And you can come back and listen to this after. We'll send you the recording so you can take note on this. Um, anytime that there's a, a feeling of like overwhelm and stress, right? What do we do? We constrain. Like the body like gets tight. I'm just looking at how your body is, right? It's like slumped shoulders. It's very... Um, very, yeah, exactly. I'm Rugging
2: hugging myself.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, said another way protecting your heart, defensive position, right? Yep. Like this. If you think about when people stand in public like this, what are they actually doing? They kind of like punch over. What you're actually doing is you're growing the body around the heart. So you're pushing the, the heart back because there's too much happening out here, particularly for sensitive people. I am one of them. I'm extremely overwhelmed in public because my, like, there's your uh, energy field and there's also your emotional body which is part of the energy field, but it's separate from the energy field. That emotional body is receiving data from everybody. So if you're like this type of person who's in public and you're like really intuitive about people and you're like, kind of know what they're going through over there. Holy shit. If they're arguing, it's like they're arguing with you. That's because your emotional body is way out there and you can actually focus. You don't really need to know this, but if you're just aware of it, you can actually draw your emotional body back towards you. And you'll suddenly feel like, oh, wow, I'm not being so affected by my environment. That's a whole other thing. But what I want to make you aware of is that there's constraint in the body, okay? I also want you to see, like, with your client, when that constraint is there and you keep communicating, that it fucks things up because now you're operating outside of your alignment. You're no longer in harmonization or what people call balance or a flow state. And you start taking actions that are like ego identity actions. Those actions actually give you more work to do. Now you're like going back and fixing the things that you did, which is more work than you intended to do. Your energy is being depleted. You're no longer excited about what you're doing, right? So you now you're no longer living from that. Yes. So if that's consistent for you and you can see that that's happening, a commitment you can make to yourself is, "Hey, when things are when I'm constrained and I'm feeling out of alignment, I don't take action." Those are the times where you check in with yourself. Those are times where you meditate. However, I'm going to tell you right now, easiest thing to do is start with breath and movement because you were told to not move. You're like, you're too hyperactive. So what that does is when you're constrained, you stop moving, like as if you know a T-Rex is in front of you and if you're not gonna move, they won't see you. And it's the exact opposite of how the biological system works because now it's the energies constraining the body. For energy to move, what does it need? Breath and movement. So even, I, this is gonna sound silly, but you Stevie Wonder this shit and you, like like this right? Energy can start moving again, dude will change your life. And you could say, Hey, look, you know, even on a call with a client, something's not going well, I could say, Hey, look, this is clearly not effective right now. Let's complete the call as it is. If there's anything else you need to say right now about the current situation, please let me know. So I know we're about as much integrity as we can be with the conversation. Let me go do my thing. Let me kind of like soak in this. Let me marinate on what we talked about. Let me come up with some new stuff. And then let's, Let's get back on this call when we both feel more in alignment. It, it, you can be that straight. Most people don't even see integrity in their lives. They see politicians. They see all the other stuff. And when you get to stand inside what integrity looks like, integrity is really attractive. And it's a very, very rare commodity in this world. It's like when you get to be that straight with the people you work with, they're like, holy fuck, that was awesome right? Because now you're actually taking your gifts, which is your sensitivity and saying, hey, I'm tuned in. This isn't going well. So let me at least acknowledge that it's not. Let me take a step back so that next time we meet, we're in that alignment. We're speaking from an empowered place. I'm listening from an empowered place and I'm in my power while this is going on so I can serve at my best versus my identity coming in and trying to get it right, trying to fix it, trying to make me feel okay, trying to make them feel okay. That's a lot to manage. Right. So these are like, I know we give you a lot of little things here. I'll tell you, breath and motion, when your energy body is out there like that, huge. It will just notice how you <clears throat> you constrain, you constrain, you constrain, right? All these systems are kicking in. And just know that, look, the way the, the body is set up, and this is why so many people are struggling in our society today, is their lives are steeped with stress and overwhelm. The goals that they've created for themselves create stress and overwhelm. Anything around you, period, that creates stress and overwhelm is activating automated survival patterns. Whatever it is you learned as a child, you're going to use those strategies to survive the moment. And this is why when people create too big of goals for themselves, they just live in stress, acute stress all the time. And they focus so far down the line that they completely lose presence of the inch in front of them. And the inch in front of them is really obvious what action there is to take now. Like inspiration is always here. Inspiration is the now. Right here, right now, what do I get to do today that feels good? And that's the thing we get to focus on all the time. This is actually how we break down old programming and stop activating stress and overwhelm systems so that we're not doing the same shit we did before over and over again. Because if it worked, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right? Like doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, crazy. But your or say and your your subconscious system is not accessible here. It is very accessible in here. Mm -hmm. And so we get to like give ourselves permission to start feeling again so that we can feel worthy again. And it sets a whole new foundation from which inspiration can come through and you actually live your life, not because you think it, because you feel it. It feels so true. And so right. You're like, yep, this is what I get to do now. And there's no question. And that's how you show up around people. That's how you show up around your wife. That's how you show up around your kids, that's how you show up in your business. It's just like, you'll be on a client call and you'll be like, this doesn't feel good. They're not my client. Hey, look, you know what? I know we signed up for this. This is not, it's not a good fit for me. I'm sorry, but we can't do business together anymore. It could be that straight. And people will be like, yeah, I get that. Thank you for mentioning that because this has been a real challenge for me. And we've, we've had those conversations. I've had, I have those conversations with friends I've known for 10 years. I'm like, it's not a fit anymore.
1: Andrew, one last thing before we go, Um, and it's just always great to remember, there's nothing wrong. And I know for a long time, you've probably felt like there's something wrong with you and you're trying to fix that thing. There's nothing to fix and there's nothing wrong with you. And when you let that go, you'll see that you'll have access to something else. It's like find ways to love the way that you be. Mm Mm-hmm right? Because in that, it's like when you resist something, it's like a Chinese finger trap, right? You resist, you resist, you resist. What does it do? It keeps you more stuck in that. So it's natural that you're going to go into like beating yourself up and making yourself wrong because the inner critic is doing that for you. Giving yourself space and allowing yourself to be gentle with yourself, just like you would, would you yell at your two-year-old daughter Mm. about how she communicated? No, no, you'd be like the most loving, gentle, kind thing ever with her, right? So there's slightly older, but say like a five-year-old boy inside of you that you just demeaning, like you should know better, you should do this better, you should do this and just constant, right? The inner critic is like, it's like a, a parent beating down a child. So it's been happening for a long, long time. And the more you give yourself freedom to be gracious with yourself and not make yourself wrong and really just feel loving towards yourself, you're going to see little things are going to start popping up. And the last thing is don't, there's not one of those things that you can expect is going to go from literally like black to white in a day. You know, we gave you practices here in the practices. You're going to do those things and trust me, they're going to feel so awkward. And so uncomfortable because it goes against every grain of your program. It's you're like gonna, if I t-
0: you're gonna try to understand how to feel, yeah. instead of just feeling. So if you find yourself asking the question like, "How do I feel?" Notice that you're you're trying to figure out through the world of doing how to be the only. So the only thing here is to just get curious. The moment you get curious, life will bring in the experiences for you to show you exactly how to feel that thing. It's like when you want to go buy a new car. I just bought one, so I could tell you that this is more true than ever for me. You you think about buying a new car, you go to get that car. Suddenly, that car is everywhere on the road. You just change your focus. You put you put your awareness on nothing. It just appears in your as lived experience. It's just how it works.
2: I can, I'm going to ask one really please quick question please. before yeah, we go. Uh, is there any difference in? how to approach or adjust or manage or deal with whatever. If you keep saying that I, I need to learn how to feel and, and in not in a defensive way, yeah. what I keep saying in my head is I, I knew how to feel. And so I don't know if there's any difference in how I should be approaching this. If it's a matter of learning how to feel again, and at the same time also doing what Elon was saying, which is to, you know, get in touch with that little boy that I scolded in my heart and tried to lock sure. away and shut down. Is there? But is there a difference with approach or thought if it's a matter? Because I I used to be like the most loving, passionate, kind, short sure. empathetic person you could ever meet, but then it changed when. That I ended up blaming that part of me for the that I dealt with.
1: Something happened, right? And you made that part of you wrong. Like because I was being that way, this and this and this happened. There was a way of being that you were being, right? Like I was so say someone's like very sensitive, okay? So they feel a lot, and all of a sudden that feeling a lot gets them in trouble. So then, the the way the mind works is like because we felt too much is why we got in trouble. Is that true? Is that really true? And so another example, like people will be in a in a relationship, right, and they get their heart broken, right? I trusted them, da, 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 and then everything just shuts down in the heart. So. While you may have had access to certain things, we've all had access to certain abilities and capabilities and emotions and things like that. As life happens, we just shut them down, shut them down, shut them down, shut them down to be in your case, what you believe the outside world is expecting you to be. So you've shut down this ability and this ability and this ability and this ability. Now what your request for is, Hey, I want that stuff back online. I want to feel that way again. (laughs) I want to be that man again. And that's just going to take a little bit of remembering and a little bit of practice. It's almost like you broke an arm. You put it in a cast for six months. It's atrophied. It's not nearly as strong as the other one, right? And it probably stinks a little bit. Um, So now it's like reworking all those muscles slowly and by the way, it's not that slow. If I showed you an exercise in the gym, the first time you got on this whatever exercise, you're going to feel awkward. Your body's not going to know what to do. By the second time, you're like, okay, this is better. Three weeks later, you're a master at this thing. Yep. So it's just consistency in doing that. And I think, Andrew, what's beautiful is like, you're such a request for it. I would even say like, you're such a demand for it that it's inevitable. You're already walking down that path. It's just a path. Okay. There's no shortcut. There's no like magical door that you open and everything. It's not, it's just, this is your learning to feel again, learning to walk again, learning to communicate again, all newly to align with who you are and you say you are today. And by the way, five years from now, you'll be, you know, you'll align yourself to something else and different. Uh, and you'll already know how to do that because you're doing it now.
0: Yeah. We got to wrap up. So just, just like last thing, brother, um, you, there's nothing you need to do there's nothing anybody needs to do we all get to do something right Elon Il- mentioned it in really short so it's like you get to remember there's nothing here to discover you didn't actually lose anything one of the things you learn uh, in like a deep spiritual practice is the thing that feeling of I like, gained something like a breakthrough that attachment actually gives you the sensation of I lost it you' not we're not in the state of discovery we're not even learning we're just remembering what was always inside. Like you said, the 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 part of you that you've shamed, when it becomes unshamed, the remembrance of how to feel is just naturally there. You're not like, oh my god, I discovered how to feel again. It's like, no, this part of you is the feeling part. You just told it shut the fuck up. You don't you don't do anything anymore. And it's like, and it's that that gentleness of like, hey, buddy, like it's okay. You know, like that's what we are. We are all just five years old. We just have bigger bodies now, but the programming hasn't really changed. So we want to deal with the programming the way you deal with your daughter. And then, and that's just what you, you get to be. So I think we'll, we'll close out there, man. Look, I, I really appreciate this. Like it's not easy to come on, certainly not with call and trying to chunk everything down into like a single call. Like here's everything in your entire life.
1: Nah. Um,
0: and, and I know that Elon and I can be like big energy and be like, Oh my God, you got it. You got it. Um, so like, I really uh, honor you coming on here, being super vulnerable and, and seriously, brother, like, from the, from the bottom of my heart, I honor so much when people do this because you do the work for everybody. Anybody who participated, listen to this, will watch this. It's like, everybody can relate to this. Everybody on the planet can relate to this. And by us sharing ourselves the way that you have, people are gonna be like, oh shit, like I do that too. That's how I am with my little boy. That's how I am with my little girl. It's, this is how we create a new future for this planet. Seriously. So thank you so much.
2: You guys are amazing. Thank, thank you. you, brother. Love you, brother. Thanks.
1: I really hope you enjoyed that awesome conversation as much as I did. And as always, thank you for your continued loyal support and your listening. A couple things. If you haven't already done so, make sure you go to Facebook right now and request to join our amazing private group. It's called Personal Development Without the Fluff. It's a quickly growing community with some amazing souls and amazing support. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, I can promise you, you will absolutely love that group. That's where we make all of our exclusive content available, as well as trainings that are just for the group accessible to you and your fellow Satorians. So make sure you request access to that group immediately. Also, if you haven't done so already, we've put together an incredible app, You can go to satoriprime.com forward slash app and get immediate access right now to a 10-part mindset reboot training. It is an eye-opening, mind-expanding experience that you do not want to miss. Well, until we meet again, have an amazing day, my friend. I look forward to personally connecting with you and seeing how Satori Prime can help you in achieving your dream life real soon. Have an amazing day.